Hello, Aya Dorado from Dalai Movement. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Wendy. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy to have you here. Um, I've been wanting to have this conversation with you for a while, and it's always, uh, yeah, trust in divine timing when it's meant to be, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Aya is uh, a contemporary dance artist and also an energy healer. Um, and unfortunately, we have not yet met in person, but uh, yeah, that's true, so, yeah. <laughs> it just feels close energetically to, to Aya, simply because um, she was my companion during uh, the height of the lockdown. That's when we met mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. through a mutual friend and, and, and Aya helped me loosen my body, like down mm. by myself in my living room. And, <laughs> and so that was a very intimate experience. I think uh, your work... Um, really creates that intimacy with the self um, and even the people in the Zoom room. So, mm. so, so, so interesting. Aya, please uh, tell us a little bit about your, your background and uh, how you ended up creating this whole uh, Daloy dance movement that I'm so uh, fond of. Yeah. Uh, Wendy, first of all, salamat. Um, you know, I'm a fan of your work. And um, the moment you you said that, or you asked me for this interview, I'm like, yes, of course. I mean, your podcast, like what I told you before this call, <laughs> it looks so professional. <laughs> I'm like, wow. And also I listened to, you know, some of your guests and those are really beautiful uh, insights and a good variety of, you know, guests and interviewees. Thank so you. thank you, Salamat, for having me. Uh, yeah, we were introduced by Megan. And hi, we were both, yeah, hi, Megan, <laughs> salamat. Uh, we were both from Bali. Uh, we met uh, in Bali, Manila. So I got a scholarship in Bali, Manila. Uh, I was 12 years old. But before that, I'm studying ballet since I was seven. So it was a very young age of, oh, my God, I really want to be on stage and dance. Uh, and I danced with Ballet Philippines and, you know, got the chance to to tour and really dance professionally. But it was in my early 20s that um, I would say I shifted careers or there's that sense of, okay, this is not for me anymore. And I knew that I'm going to my next uh, journey or chapter is going to be contemporary dance and choreography. Uh, in the last, how, how did that transition? I'm just curious. Only recently have I been able to appreciate contemporary dance. Mm. Perfectly mm. honest. So, mm. is that is that a, like a t- would you say a typical path of a lot of uh, classical ballets, and then they evolve into the more mm. contemporary, or mm. how did that happen for you? I would say it's different for depending on the dancer but yes there's a good number of dancers who come from classical training and background and ballet and point shoes and tights um, that delve into contemporary dance later on but usually it's in their 30s or 40s so professional dance is a very short career yeah so it really values a specific type of beauty and also youth but also because it's so athletic I would say it's uh, the Olympics of dance you know when you study ballet um, but for me, going towards contemporary, it just, I just felt that I don't want to use my body to be molded um, for another person's work, but rather I want to create my own work. And I also wanted to be more grounded. I wanted more movement language, you know, rather than 
just being a princess or just being uh, being Sleeping Beauty or the white swan and the black stepping swan. out of the box basically. yes yeah. definitely yeah oh i love yeah. how you present that thank you yeah yeah and also the chance to you know do site specific work do work in smaller spaces or in intimate gatherings um basically from the form and getting out of that form and exploring you know possibilities um so there, and then I formed Dalio Dance Company, which is a contemporary dance company based in Manila uh, about seven years ago. But at the same time that I formed it, I was so interested not in dance for performance, but rather dance as improvisation, um, because I thought it's very healing to me. Yeah, it's something that had healed me so much. So I wanted to explore that and started out with dancers and thespians, and then later on moved to Actually, you know, I want everyone to dance. Like, you know, I don't want people anymore to be uh, thinking of, you know, they have two left feet, but rather any body shape, any, you know, type of music that you want. Like, I want to share that you can dance and, and your dance doesn't have to look like my dance, you know. And, and that was the takeoff point for Daloy because Daloy is Tagalog for flow. And so I found moments of flow the moment I'm in this improvisation you know like jazz musicians and all um i know that it's not new new but it was new to me and at the same time i came from the dance background or at least here in the philippines that thinks a choreographed set piece for performance is more valuable than improv lang yan. and i'm like no it's so healing and there could be rigor in it there could be depth in it um it could be really you know um healing and primal even and expressive and what so, kind of uh, rigor are you talking about that that's <laughs> contradictory to me yeah yeah well um I thought, especially in the beginning, um, that I said uh, I want I wanted to explore um, improvisational dance and intuitive dance. R- what I meant with rigor is there is something that could come out of regularity and consistency, and there is something that could come out of even giving the practice or sharing it with another person or a group of people, and and deepening into you know teaching it as well. Um, so, so it's more of de- developing that deep self-practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I also realize it's it's movement meditation. So it's like meditation. Like you could get like, whoa, meditation is so cool from being able to sit down finally for one hour. But consistent practice of meditation, even if it's just three minutes a day, you see the compound interest over time. And I've also realized that. Um, with a somatic embodiment practice, you know, movement practice like Daloy. So, yeah, that was my sort of practice-based research. Um, yeah, that led me to um, being an energy healer, but I couldn't out myself because I was too afraid of judgment. Um because of that whole, oh, I'm in the arts industry and I'm looked at a certain way or my works should, you know, is looked at with a lens of criticality. So how do you explain that I'm woo-woo, I, I really believe in crystals and energy healing. Um, and it's only the pandemic that really, really gave me the confidence to, you know what, wow. the world is ending. <laughs> it's like, here tarot cards here might crystals. as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've got nothing to lose <laughs> yeah 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 exactly 
So basically, does that mean when I met you, you were starting your work uh, integrating energy healing into your movement practice? I would say I'm doing the energy work the same time as I was doing Dalloy. Because I got my yoga teacher training back then, and then the Reiki level one, and then getting into crystals. Yeah, and the tarot. Um, But it was in secret. (laughs) It was just with close group of friends. Like, yeah, 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 because my family is also very Catholic. And it's, you know, up until the pandemic and I would pull cards and do lives, which I enjoy, Uh, you know, I would get private messages from some people (laughs) in my past that's, you know, Go back to Jesus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that's a message. Oh, yeah. yeah. But what's interesting is I know that um, if this was pre-pandemic Aya who received that, I would be so angry and yeah, and affected and upset. But nah, but during the pandemic, it was like it's funny. <laughs> it's it. Like everyone has the right to send shit. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to be reactive because everyone's so raw and and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I want to go back to that word um, healing. You say dancing was healing for you. Can you talk a little more about that for people who don't have any any dance practice at all, or which in- I include myself a few years ago? Yeah. 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 Oh, I would say, well, in my early twenties, I was diagnosed anorexic, and and it was a secret, and it was something I'm you know, ashamed of for years. And uh, I promised myself that, you know, getting out of, of, of ballet in that world is I want to get better. I want to healthy. You know, I want to be healthy and whole. But it took many more years after that. And I saw the ways in which, you know, when you get into contemporary dance, you no longer have to be real thin. Because um, right. standards, like a, I mean, a different form right. of practice as a standard, you know, especially, and it's show business because you're being seen. And, yeah. and the everyday practice is, so you shape your body in order to fit or do an art form, you know, that's very strict. So And centered around the shape of the body. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, just that makes such a huge difference between, right? Like in contemporary, you're saying there's not a specific body yeah. type as much. Yeah, that yeah. would already, that would already yeah. be healing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then I find myself getting into contemporary dance. Um, and I know the stuff that I wanted to heal, poor body image, poor self-image, um, even, you know, um, being super OC, you know, uh, but then it took still many years. I found myself like even while I was in contemporary dance, I was repeating my own habits and patterns. And it all boiled down to, you know, yeah, lack of self-worth and poor body image and relationship with my body. Um, and I move in ways. It's like my actions, let's say, both in the dancing and also in my life outside of the dancing it's always geared towards, I have to improve myself. There's something to fix. There's something okay. to, there's something that's Not wrong. enough, never enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah never enough. enough. Yeah. yeah, and the, I was in the brink of a, I was in the brink of a breakup with a boyfriend or at that time who also helped me form Daloy. was my partner in forming Daloy um, like eight years ago or seven years ago. And we went to the beach because I'm so burnt out also from like, I have like, 
I wanted so much work and I dream like that. And the next thing I know, I've got 10 shows in a week. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, when... Careful what you wish for. <laughs> and, um, and, and I told him, I think something's wrong because this is almost the same feeling that I got when I was ending ballet. Oh, yes. um, is that I'm, I'm at the peak of my dreams, but why am I unhappy? And that's scary. That's a really scary place to be um, because wow. that almost means then something must change. And you know, like when you're faced with change, it's that's so unknown. Change is so unknown. Um, and so, yeah, um, we were uh, by the beach in Batangas and it was a full moon. I was looking up at the stars. I was I'm so tired and I feel ugly and not enough. Uh and then I was, I just started to stand up and dance, you, you know, uh, but, but then prior to that trip, all I could think of is maybe dancing is no longer for me. I don't want to dance anymore. Uh, it never gave me a feeling of I'm good enough in my body. Maybe I should just quit. And at the same time, I'm so tired. I can't even lift a finger. Uh, you know, this is not the way to live. I'm so angry. But then that night I stood up and danced and I couldn't stop until morning. It's like something oh took over me. Yeah. Trapped, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I was crying yeah, and at yeah. some point puking and also like what is this? And um, it was from that trip that that I said, I wanna dance more, but I wanna dance more like this like it's not for performance it's not for anyone else it's not to please anyone like it's just it's it's healing so that's what i meant with healing yeah. and um i that want to say a that turning point yeah it was a turning point it didn't heal everything overnight you know we know that that's you know yeah, yeah. almost impossible but that's a big turning point wow that's beautiful yeah yeah and so um, uh, tell us a little more about how Daloy came to be. You said you had you were with your partner. Um, was it a collaboration or you just started doing shows and then like, oh, we need a brand? And Yeah, yeah. well, um, my partner at that time, he's really from theater. And um, so he does contemporary theater works and then I do contemporary dance and the uh, um, what I mean with we partnered is um, he said, okay, I think um, I want to, I want you to put up Daloy. Don't worry about, don't worry about money. You know, I think you should keep choreographing and keep, you know, forming this baby. So um, he was my partner in, in the sense of he's like, okay, this is the money. And I'm like, yeah. hallelujah. Angel <laughs> <laughs> investor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, a year and a half after he broke up with me because he said, okay, Aya, this is it. I, I love you. I'll always have love for you, but you'll, I don't think you can ever love anyone else apart from your work. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's apples and oranges. You know, like, but it was also, um, yeah, <laughs> we broke up. Yeah. And I continued with the company and we parted ways. And so another round of, I need to dance it out. I need yeah, to yeah, dance. Yeah, sure. Just That's break life. it out. <laughs> That's life, right? Ups and downs and, and death and rebirth. Can you tell us a little bit about your full moon ritual? I recently interviewed Sito de Jesus, yeah, who I met yeah, yeah. on one of your full moon events. Yeah. So when did you start doing those? Was that during the pandemic as well? 
Yeah, so we have a ritual that happens every month around the time of the full moon. And uh, we started that last year, November. So it's our one-year oh, anniversary. Happy anniversary <laughs> to the Yeah, yeah. Uh, like what you said, like for, for community service. Yeah. And, and I would say also for, for my sanity, for our sanity, so that yeah. there's, you know, uh, a circle that holds us and... I realized in the beginning of the pandemic, we would hold, you know, a two-week thing, a one-week thing. And I'm like, Yeah, so you wow. do retreats. You're talking about yeah, the, ret- yeah. the in-person retreats. Right? I put up two in-person retreats yeah. here and also online. And my conclusion from all of that experience is, okay, what's the easiest? The easiest will be the most sustainable. Right. Um, and so right now, what you could sustain is the once-a-month ritual. Yeah, we are inviting different teachers um, introducing different healing modalities uh, and at the same time to sync it around the time of the full moon and to just bring more information you know especially to those who are curious or it's their first time that you know we're not scary evil witches (laughs) we're normal people but uh, but have something to share and that um to for more people to feel safe um, and know about what a safe space is, and they could verbally process, they could talk about their experiences, and at the same time, um, try out different healing modalities um, every month. And, and what's so, yeah. interesting is it's not only dance, right? Because there's, yeah, uh, yeah. at first I thought it was dance related. So um, Sito, for example, uh, is a dream analyst. Yeah. So it had yeah. nothing to do with dance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you so kind expanding. of expand, yeah. You expanded yeah. your your repertoire. Yeah. As long as it's related to meditation or mindfulness, um, or healing, movement or healing, yeah. And also, it's nice because the teachers who want to share there, they just really want to share. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. Can you tell us a little bit about the the, re- the in person retreat? December last year and February this year, I did a five day and three-day in-person retreat in La Union, here in La Union. Oh, okay, the in-person, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, and the online and, one? And the online one, I was able to do a three-month program. Oh, it's three so, months, yeah. yeah. So what is that yeah. one called? So uh, it was originally called When She Comes, Emergence of the Goddess Within, yes. through dance and song. Yes. And then I did four batches. And then the fourth batch, I renamed it to Awakening the Inner Josa. It's nice. It's a really cool uh, experience of, you know, meeting um, and holding a women's circle in a healing circle once a week. After the fourth batch, I'm like, okay, like I need to rest. <laughs> <laughs> you did them back to back. Yeah, I did them back to back. It's like three months and then they graduate and then I rest for a month. But in that month of resting, I'm also marketing exactly. you know, the next batch yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so so we just really ended last august and i really felt that okay i'm so tired and i got to be honest and admit that to myself and so from now until the end of this year it was a clear message for me to just rest can you tell us a little bit of what is your um typical day you moved to the beach i think during yeah. the pandemic also was it yeah, right before the pandemic. But uh, in 2019, I was already coming here for one year because my partner lives here. Okay. So I would be coming here every month for at least three days. 
But okay. also, you would visit Manila for at least three days. So, you know, I think that's a slow build in terms of my relationship or love or admiration for the this land, this part of the country. And so, a couple of days and before Duterte actually declared lockdown and it was all like rumors, I was like, okay, I'm decided. I'm going to La Union. I'm going to stay there for the lockdown. Yeah. Uh, because I am just going to... Die of gloom and doom and yeah. stress in Mandaluyong. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I could feel it in the building, in the streets. Yeah. You had and, a good intuition. <laughs> and, and I think when you get into energy healing also, you kind of become more sensitive. For sure. To, so now you move there. What What is it like? I mean, I also moved to the beach for four months, but I didn't get to go in the water every day. So how often do you go to the water? Like, what, what is your typical day like there? My typical day uh, in the morning, so I wake up around 7 and feed the cats because we have a lot, <laughs> indoor and outdoor cats, water the plants, uh, disinfect uh, the house and the usual places uh, and items, and then uh, make sure that even the indoor plants, they get enough sunlight, so, you know, and talking to them or singing to them. And incense, clearing the space, uh, it's a new start. And then I would do my meditation. That could be like, if I'm really like, ah, like so much going on, at least three minutes. So, so at least that. And then what I do kind of meditation do you practice? It's more of a, uh, I do a grounding meditation. That, uh, so just really um, connecting my tailbone to the middle of the earth. And just releasing and grounding and cleansing. And then I also imagine that per room in our house, so I start with one room at a time. I imagine there's also a grounding cord uh, on this room all the way to Mama Earth and that everything is no longer needed. There are foreign energies that need to be composted. So um, we we bring them down and we, we clear we cleanse and we start a new. Yeah, that's kind of like my routine every morning. <laughs> and then uh, I'm trying to take now dance hall lessons. It's like a hip hop but African movement of the hips or Jamaican. Wow, Jamaican. You're taking dance classes. Which Amazing. is on YouTube. Just on YouTube. Wow. Um, well, so I'm pretty much. A, fun. It looks really fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like, oh, I'm going to prepare for like if there's a night out somewhere uh-huh. <laughs> and you also do you do yeah kizomba you do kizomba and yeah latin. so i started learning latin dance 2019 uh, kizomba and then bachata and how many times a amazing. week nowadays kind of once a week yeah so how many hours is that no it, it, it's not regular it's not regular mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah. so you were going through your day so you do a little dance um i was gonna say do you dance every day not really. Not really. Not really. Okay. Um, there was, there's a point, um, because, you know, I've trained, I've facilitated teacher training for Daloy. So yes, Daloy, yes. Daloy movement, like the practice itself, um, a month before the pandemic. And so, you know, during the pandemic, you know, all the plants were like taken off the shelf. It was chaos. So uh, nothing happened as planned. Um 
and the idea was that oh we're gonna scale by you know if people are people are spaces or studios are inviting wanting dollar movement then it's not always a who will teach it you know you have Other different teachers, teachers yeah. that you train but the thing is um we could only you know carry on during uh, using the online platform yeah. and there is zoom fatigue and yes. there is that issue of everyone needs to care for their basic needs and also mm-hmm. their immune system has to be kept high and so it was just difficult to maintain that sense of we're a group and we're going to market stuff and we're going to organize stuff and we're going to keep being internally strong even if just yeah, one yeah. person shows up and no one's going to get paid but we're strong <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah right i mean i know that yoga in in the 70s or 80s or or seen as woo woo and and whatever until it became more mainstream and yeah, i think yeah, it's yeah. the same for something like dalo in the philippines People are now having an appreciation of it, but it's still really starting. You know, people, um, when I first started marketing this intuitive kind of dancing back in Manila in, let's say, uh, around 2013 or 14, studios were saying, we're really sorry, we have to cut off the class because students are saying, if it's yoga, at least they feel stronger in their exact shapes. You know, they know what they're a, doing, yeah. And there's yeah. a measure for progress. There's a measure for progress. Like, now you can't do a handstand, and then three months from now, they can. And so yeah, they're yeah. willing to pay for that. Same with dance. You know, um, their extensions are up here, and then three months after, it's higher. But with the Daloy thing, they feel like, how can I pay for this thing? Yeah. I don't know how to measure my own yeah. improvement. And then it's you know, energy healing, yeah. This is energy healing and it's internal shift. More than dance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's more long term yeah. you have to see Depression. it in the long term. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's more internal, it's immeasurable. It, yeah, yeah. And what I found out is so we had to disband the that whole idea. And then and then I said, okay all the values that I put inside the daily practices, authenticity and agency, moving as you are, going with your own flow. When I moved here in La Union, I felt called to, okay, Aya, how do you embody all of that and practice all of that, even outside of the format of dancing, like in your real, actual life? So I, I had to ask myself, in what ways am I really authentic, um, you know, embodying your practice yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and 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 what stuck was i needed to be still like physically still and and how can i really honor that and so a lot of the dalai movement were like where's the dancing where's the dancing and i had to disappoint them over and over because i'm like i'm i'm studying stillness and i don't know where that is so amazing that is i love that that's beautiful that's so I, I mean it takes so much courage um for you to be able to do that so thank you thank you for that it was so difficult thank yeah you. yeah that is difficult yeah a lot of people are having an expectation and and and, and most nights when that was happening my human mammal logical mind was saying oh you mean failure and i had to really like oh, the inner critic and yeah, we, we all know the inner critic. Yeah, yeah. But it really makes me think of. Um, you're right. Um, you know, dark and light, uh, silence and sound, and color and and 
maybe transparency or the blank page and then of course movement and stillness so you know the fact that you're honoring that need is uh, makes you an amazing yeah. leader actually uh, oh yeah <laughs> and i also feel like the meta or the more macro version of that by living um I'm asking also myself, like, so what is Daloy to me? And 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 it it was so clear to me in a very embodied sense all these years. It's movement of the body, getting to you know a more heightened state of awareness, uh, some sort of <clears throat> self discovery or self healing or self care. But uh, it, it's becoming a really spiritual practice for me. And, and the clear messages that I'm getting is, is I need to sit with it more or I need to live more so that I could share it deeper or write about it or speak about it. And uh, this year, I'm so, so, so scared of that because, you know, even even the community that I formed pre-pandemic or the first year of the pandemic who looks to me as, where's the movement practice? Where's the dance? And I go, wait a minute. I'm, I'm really going far out. Woo-woo. <laughs> like I need to, I need to say that, that, you know, um, because I, I feel that there's an incorporation of, you know, when we pull cards or when we also do Reiki, there's a sense of we know the traditional ways of doing it, how it was passed down to us their teachers. There's still some form, you know, um, but at some point, this is just for me, you feel called to follow your intuition and to somehow deviate from the form because you're in the very present moment. And you're in communion with a higher spirit that tells you, actually, don't use salt, just use water. Or that tells you, um, this is what this card usually means, but in this context, it's yeah. this. And so, so yeah, so I'm, there's even that whole, what if Daloy is more than just a dance practice? Right. But it's a philosophy that really involves um, trusting one's intuition through and through. That's beautiful. And it's still scary for me at times. I understand. <laughs> I, I understand that. I mean, it's it's even, I remember when I questioned my my work as a Reiki master. And at one point I was like, do I still want to be, you know, part of Reiki? And that, that's a scary thought, right? Like when you build your life on, on something. And you, since you were seven, you've been a dancer. I've only been practicing Reiki since 2000. 15 and that was a scary thought for me to think yeah um so but it's part of the it's how we grow it's part of our journey like if we didn't question ourselves in our practice we wouldn't be um authentic leaders i think for the community what was your journey like when you questioned your reiki what did you find oh uh i um okay i'll share i'll share a, a, a personal story is that so I started teaching Reiki 2016 from my house and then from the studio. And then over time, of course, you start with Reiki level one teaching when you're comfortable, your students are comfortable, you teach Reiki level two. And then eventually I started Reiki, uh, teaching Reiki master level. And um, one of my students, um, you know, it's an application process. 
because I take Reiki master level very seriously, right? And, and so one of my students uh, had just completed level two and, you know, applied for level three. And, and I was just, there was discussing her that, with her that I, I didn't feel she was ready. Um, and then at some point she uh, found another teacher in Manila who, you know, who took her on for level three. And then I started hearing my students telling me like, Wendy, there's somebody who's like discrediting you, discrediting you as a teacher and um, invalidating your, your training. And <laughs> oh, it happened several times. It's not very awakened. That's not, not very, very healed. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of like, all right, I think I had a, I made a good decision with that, with that person in particular. But um, so at first I was ignoring it, right? Because it's like, why would I, right? But yeah, then it, yeah. it, it just it don't kept, engage. It kept, ha it kept happening. And I felt um, this is at the time, like maybe if it happened today, I would react differently. Yeah, this was yeah. before the pandemic. So maybe yeah. 2019. And um, I felt I wanted, I had to address it. So I actually, I know her teacher. So I talked to her teacher and like, hey, you know, like uh, your student is kind of, um, one of my other students said she this character assassination. These are her words. Uh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. she was very dramatic, and they were in a, yeah. another class, and was like, "How could a teacher Wendy betray me in this manner?" And I was like, "This is mm. so ridiculous." So, and it's also if it's element, let's say in the context of safe circle or whatever, you could really you know outpour your emotions. At at least don't mention a name. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay. And then. Well, it, it, I had to question, you know, do I want to be part of this, of, of Reiki? Because uh, yeah, it's, yeah. after all, energy healing is energy healing, right? And yeah, Reiki yeah. is one form. It's just one right? form. Yeah. One form among many, many. And of course, I'm so grateful for Usui Sensei yeah. and helped so many people and still is. Um, but I feel like that uh, challenge helped me actually um, question my practice and I had to go deep and really be like you know how how true is my practice and is, is there a truth in what she's saying you know I had to go through that whole questioning and it's important I mean um, I encourage my students to question everything including their teachers including me yeah. right until yeah. you find it in your yeah. heart too yeah so so that was my process and let me just tell you that my Reiki practice all of my practices are, are constantly evolving. Like uh, a few months ago, I found a teacher of Bushido, which is the way of the samurai. And so Mikao Sui also came from the samurai lineage. And, mm. and so now I feel like I'm deepening my Reiki practice through learning a Bushido, which is also somatic Merge. because I work yeah. with a, I'm working with a body. Yeah, you are. My body hurts. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm holding on too hard like it's so fascinating yeah so everything but you know we need those periods of yeah. like um self-doubt and questioning and we need it and you know challengers also it's nice yeah at the, at the moment it's uncomfortable at the moment it's like ah like go away right but, yeah yeah but looking back life would have been so easy if you don't exist <laughs> yeah, but, but then maybe you know, i wouldn't have found this depth uh in yeah, my process you know i had yeah. have these conversations with some of the and explained yeah. why my process is different why yeah. you know like i don't have the same pro you know like all of this stuff so yeah yeah so i really i really appreciate that 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what happened? What happened to that issue? So just. Oh, I mean, what happened is nothing. It, uh, yeah. you know, I just did my thing, and and um, it. I don't think it affected my reputation. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think I would have been okay. Other, however, whatever had happened, because yeah. I'm not. Vicky's not the only thing. I'm not attached to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no attachment to the name of it. Like, yeah. I enjoy doing ceremonies. I do. I enjoy doing sessions. Like you, I enjoy doing divination or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, the rest doesn't doesn't matter. Like, it's not about us. It's something bigger yeah. than us. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you for being so open. Uh, just thank you. This. Let me let me tell you one thing. Like uh, I told you that I'm I'm studying with a, a sensei in Japan, right? Uh, I'm learning Bushido from him, and the way we connected is because one of his hashtags in Instagram is Reiki. So I was intrigued and I think I followed that hashtag. So, so I messaged him and like, are you a Reiki practitioner? Because I don't know a lot of Japanese Reiki practitioners. And I was so um, mesmerized by his movement, you know, the yielding the sword so gracefully. And I thought it was so beautiful. I was like, are you a Reiki practitioner? And he said, no, but it's something I'm interested in. So, you know, so, so, so these things, uh, if he hadn't put that hashtag, maybe I wouldn't have started working with him. And it turns out he became my Reiki student. <laughs> so I'm his student and then he's my Reiki student. So yeah, I think as Chris Luard again, whom you know says like, just navigating through life and, and touching on things very lightly, very, very lightly, you know? Um, and even Sensei, um, I told you my, my arm hurts because I grip so hard at the sword and I'm afraid that I'm not doing it right. I'm afraid I'm not, my grip is wrong. Everything is wrong. And he's like, you have to learn to, to grip lightly, light, very lightly. <laughs> That's so wise. Yeah. And I feel like it's really, and you know, in the tarot, the sword is our mental processes, our thoughts, right? And so I, I feel like this is so applicable in all my life. Like, just hold on to your thoughts so lightly and then you won't injure yourself. <laughs> you won't injure yourself so much. Oh my God, it's so <laughs> bad. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Ganda, no? Thank you. Well, this is a different type of podcast episode. <laughs> Definitely different from my regular format. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have something to chew on. So thank you. Thank That's you. beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for the rooster in your <laughs> Thank for the organic OST. <laughs> for um, those of you who haven't been to the Philippines, you better love roosters. Because <laughs> they'll wake you up. <laughs> they'll also in the middle of the night. They'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle of the day, yeah. Yeah, they have their own schedule. I'll leave you to your 
processing to your <laughs> contemplation. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you so much for this. I know, Wendy. Thank you. Um, I'm so enlivened and grounded. Um, thank you for your questions. Thank you for for the stories you shared. Like really, and I. Yay, there's a unique format. I believe in that, you know, exchange. It's yeah, an- I had a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> it's called improvisation. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were taken by surprise in such beautiful places. So, salamat. I hope to see you soon, meet you soon in person. Yeah, come here. It's easy now. Bye, Bye, Wendy. Salamat. Bye-bye. Thank you.